0: This morning. That's sort of uh, the tremble there to wake you up. The earthquake. Amen. The Guatemalan earthquake right there. Hallelujah. It's good to be back in the house and to be worshiping corporately here in the house, but I always enjoy going out on the mission field. I come back kind of nostalgic, but God is doing something. We have two new sister churches in Guatemala. Come on now. Uh, Pastor Santos and Victoria um, Ramos, uh, they're uh, pastors in San Pedro, and then there's uh, his father who's in charge of the mission there, Fidel Ramos, and there another church in Guinales. And I'm telling you, it's uh, such a powerful move of God happening all across, all across the board. What's happening right now is that God is actually al- is bringing an alliance for the body of Christ. Something is happening here. We're, we're connecting, uh, which means that Jesus is coming very soon because the body is connecting. And it's happening all over the place. We just received a phone call from, from Africa. They started an alliance out there, a network from Ghana all the way down to Nigeria, South Africa. Um, and going back, they started an alliance, and they talked to me. They said, brother, we'd like to join up with your alliance so we can connect everything that's going on out here. And I said, I say, wow, this has to be God. Come on now, give him a strong hand clap. And that happened the day that I came back, so God is just moving mightily. There are, there are some pastors here in Richmond who are going to be joining Harvest Renewal Global Network. Give God a strong hand clap for that. So when we started this, I had no idea where it was going to go. I just obeying God. Amen? And me and Pastor Doug just prayed and we obeyed God. And this is all built on relationships. And what God is doing right now is just building and building and building and building. And, you know, it's, it's up to us to plant. It's up to him to water and multiply it. So, you know, we, you know, uh, it, it, another one, one plants, another one waters. Let him multiply. He'll give the increase. He'll do the rest. Amen. 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 I have some really interesting stuff to talk about this morning. I thought it was interesting. You might not think it's so interesting. It's fine. If you fall asleep, I'll just scream, fire! And then wake you up. Amen? (laughs) Fuego! (laughs) Uh, Exodus chapter 4. I'm going to be reading from verse 1. Just verse 1 and 2. Exodus chapter 4. I'll be reading the verse 8, but verse 1 and 2 is where I'm going to be focusing on. Um, and it, this is uh, just to set the, set the storyline for you, give you some pretext to this. Moses is a shepherd. Forty years, he's been totally just changed in his way of living. He comes out of Egypt. He is actually banished because he kills a soldier, and for 40 years, he's living as a shepherd. And so he walks through the desert, leading his sheep or whatever livestock he had, and he runs into something very interesting. There's a burning bush, but it's not burning. And so in that very moment in time, he draws closer out of curiosity out of curiosity, he draws closer to the fire. Now, none of us, out of curiosity, will draw close to fire. I can tell you that. As soon as you see fire, first instinct, first reaction, is for you to run, right? Yes or no? No. <laughs> Unless you're a firefighter or some kind of fireman. But Moses draws close, and then he discovers something. He discovers the voice of God. Amen? He discovers that it is God's presence in the midst of the fire. And, um, you know, one day I'll teach, uh, I'll teach on how God speaks in the midst of fire. That's another lesson I have that, that is amazing, because sometimes we think that because things are getting so hot around our lives that it's the devil. And actually, it's God trying to speak to us and burn and refine everything in us. Come on now. So when Moses comes in and sees this burning bush, God speaks to him and then says, take off your sandals because the place you're standing is holy. In other words, where you're at right now is the presence of the living God. It is heaven on earth. And I'm right here, right now, ever present with you, speaking to you. So take off anything that's going to, that's, that, that, that has to do with your past. Take off anything that's going to drag into the, my presence. I don't want anything drug into my presence but you. Don't drag any chaos. Don't drag any, any complaints. Don't drag just you. Just bring yourself, bring it, let everything else go, drop it right there, and watch what happens. Then God, God all of a sudden is starting to speak to him, and then he gives him this whole agenda. I was like, I want you to go to, to Egypt, it's been 400 years, they've been serving under Pharaoh, it's time that... Pharaoh lets my people go so they can come worship me the way that they were supposed to worship me. It is time, and I'm choosing you to do it. You're the guy. I got you. Tag, you're it. Go in for it. Right? What does Moses do? So Moses answered and said, but behold, (laughs) they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, watch this, suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you or spoken to you. And the Lord said to him, this is interesting, verse 2, go to verse 2 real quick. The Lord said to him, he said, what is that in your hand? That's interesting. Now, this is the almighty, ever-present, omnipresent God, all-knowing God asking him, What's in his hand? Now, do you suppose he knew? Yes, he knew what it was in his hand. But why is he asking him to identify what is in his hand? Only so Moses can identify that whatever's in his hand, okay, it, 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 it probably is insignificant. Or probably he got so used to carrying it that he just forgot it was even in his hand. I'm going to preach this morning. We can become so, so used to the giftings and the talents that God has given in the house that we just forget that we have it in our hands. Then God has to remind us again, and then he asks the question, What is that in your hand? There's something in your hand. Oh, Oh, Moses is like, Oh, this is just a rod. Then God says, This is the funny thing. God says, cast it to the ground. What ground? The ground that's holy, where the ever-present presence of God is, where the almighty presence of God is. In other words, throw the rod in my hand and watch what happens. That's good, huh? That's amazing. If 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 you put it in God's hands first, the supernatural happens. You see, it requires you to be obedient to that very instant when God says, okay, cast it to the ground. And when he cast it to the ground, it became a serpent. And the first thing Moses did was he ran. Anybody sees a serpent here, you're going to run. Unless you're a snake handler. You have that belief system. Or, if you're from the countryside of Guatemala, you use your machete and cut the head off. Or Africa, you just step on that bad boy. But listen, he runs from it. And then the Lord said to him something funny. He said, put forth your hand and take it by the tail. Now, anyone who handles snakes knows you do not grab a snake by the tail. It will bend its body back and bite you. If you're going to handle a snake, it's good to handle it and grab it by its head. So it does not bite. But here God is saying, okay, look. You just, you just threw something in my hands, I just made it something, now it's up to you to grab it without fear. See, this is where God tests your fear factor. Because you're constantly walking, see, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, but what can stop faith immediately is fear. Because fear will cause you to run away and not to move forward in God's presence. But see, then God told him and said, stretch forth your hand, pick it up by his tail and watch what happens. When he picks it up, it turns right back into the rod he had. What is God showing him? The authority and the power he has in him. He just granted him authority over every. that is crawling and everything that is is venomous, anything that is going to attack you, any demonic realm, he just granted him authority right there. said, grab it by the tail. Pick it up. It's yours. You have authority. You have authority. So fear will stop you from exercising your authority. It will stop you from exercising whatever God tells you to do because now you're stuck thinking, what if people? That's another thing. What if people don't believe me? What if people don't say that God is using me? What if this? What if that? What if that? So we stay with these what ifs, we stay with this fear, and we don't have authority to exercise the gift that God has given us. The next thing is, is that if he didn't cast it to the ground, if he didn't put it in God's hands first, it would have never did the supernatural. But see, God requires you to give it to him first, so he can touch it, then he gives it back to you, so he can show you what you can do with it. You see, I I travel, and as I travel, I see a lot of different things in the churches, and I begin to understand that sometimes here... In America or in the United States, we seem to be a little bit more laid back when it comes to us exercising faith. I've seen people walk for miles to get to a service with a pair of sandals. Two babies on their hip. Walk for miles to get to hear the word of God. I've seen people exercise their faith even when the doctor said that they would not make it. So a man, 17 years in a wheelchair. This is my first trip to Guatemala in 2001. 17 years, 2002, sorry. 17 years in a wheelchair Who they said, no way you would be able to get up. I saw that man get up and run. Are you listening? It was the exercising of his faith that led him to do that. Now, will God heal somebody if they have no faith? Of course. Of course he would do that, maybe so you can gain some faith. But it always requires your faith, as a believer, to exercise the authority that God has given you and to move forward and use what God has given you. Amen? Now, one thing that can stop you a lot is you thinking what people might think. Presumption. We have a presumptuous nature, and we always are thinking, well, if I say this, if I do this, somebody might not like this, somebody might not like that. The spirit of offense is all over the United States of America, and it's the reason why we're seeing so much chaos is because there's a spirit of offense all the way through, all the way underlining, even in the church, and we need to break it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen? If you believe something, if you... Think something if you if you if you're saying something, yeah, yeah, you might not want to say everything that you think. That's fine. You might want to practice what Holy Spirit says instead of for what you say. And think and have a talk with Holy Spirit before you say something. That's great. That's called wisdom, that's called understanding. The spirit of wisdom and understanding is in us. But if God says something and it's in his word and you get offended by it, don't get offended with me. Get offended by the word. That means that Jesus just offended you. You got some issues to work out with him, not with me. So don't come back to me and tell me I didn't like what you said if it's in the word. Are you listening? If it's in the word, don't come back and say, well, Pastor, I didn't like the way you presented that out of the word. Well, if it's in the word, it's in the book. Take it up with him. Have a, man, have a man-to-man talk with the man upstairs and see what he got to say about it. And at the end of that conversation, I guarantee you, you will not win. Been there, done that. Doesn't work. So, so what we have to do is start recognizing that we cannot allow what we believe that people are going to think to stop us from using what God has given us. This question to Moses, what is in your hands, is not a question to find out what is there. It's a question to provoke his faith. And also a question to see God's power at work. Especially when you think that something that you have is insignificant. The rod. Let's talk about the rod a little bit. When he's asked to drop it to the ground, the ground he's standing on, God begins to shake it up in the supernatural. Listen to this. There's another story in the Bible That we see God take something insignificant and make it supernatural. David. But in this case, David is not having a conversation with God about whether or not he should or should not use it. David is already confident that whatever he has in his hands, God's going to use it. There's a confidence in David that we see that sometimes might look like there's a little bit of pride there. So don't confuse the confidence for pride. If you're confident in God, that's not pride. If, you, if you're one that says, God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, that's not pride, that's confidence. So when, when David steps out and he looks in 1 Samuel 17, 40, he took his staff in his hand and he took five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag and then he put his sling in his hand. So he said, he say, you know what? God's going to use this sling and the stones I have. His confidence now is not in the thing, but in God to use what he has. And because, because he has the confidence in God, God uses the sling and the stone and cause the giant to fall and give victory to Israel. When you have confidence in God, God will use whatever you have in your hands to cause giants to fall and to give victory in every area. Because now you're confident that God will use what you have. Now it is no longer, it's no longer you guiding the stone, but God guiding the stone for you. There's another story in the Bible, and I love this story. This the widow woman in 2 Kings chapter 4. Now this woman, I'm going to break it down in the uh, New Manuel version. This woman has just become a widow. Now, apparently, her husband used to work for Elisha. Because she said, your servant who served you, my husband, is dead. Your servant did fear the Lord, and the creditors come to take him, or to take in their credit and to take my two sons to work. Now, they had a custom back then that if you could not pay the debt, They would take your children to work off the debt. Now, I don't know the age of her sons at this age. But I do know that she is kind of distraught. So she comes to the prophet to get an answer. I believe that she was coming to the prophet to get a handout. To get repaid for all the work her husband did. I'm about to hit it up right here. Please don't get upset with me. God does not run a welfare system. I'll say it again. God does not run a welfare system. People get so upset. And they say, well, the government should be providing me this. The government, no, the government should not be providing you anything. He said, He shall provide all of your needs according to His riches and glory. So it's not government. When you come into the kingdom system, it is no longer man that supports you, it's God that supports you. So even if man can't support you, God will always supply your needs. Jesus taught us that. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus taught us that. So we're not to be worried about such things. So when this woman came to Elisha and told her all of this stuff, this is what Elisha said to her. Now it might sound cold, it might sound cruel, and it might sound like he didn't care and didn't have any compassion for her need and necessity. Elisha said, what shall I do for you? What do you want me to do? That situation you're having right there, I, there's nothing I can do about it. He got himself into debt. He's the one who did that, not me. I'm not in debt. (laughs) So he probably wasn't learning the other side (laughs) of this thing, of ministry, of when we were walking and talking in God and how to trust God. But then he asks her another question. And this is, the, this is the stuff that I love about God, is that he does the same thing over and over again, and sometimes he asks in a different way, but it's still God asking. What does he ask her? And he said, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your hands? What do you have in your house? I cannot use, I cannot do anything if you have nothing. Nothing. Some of you are sitting there like, I don't know. (laughs) The first question he asks her is, what do you have in your house? The next thing she said, your maidservant has nothing. So she was thinking of it as insignificant. But a jar of oil. And that's all I have. Then he said, this is what he did. He said, go borrow your vessels abroad of all your neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. When you come to your house, shut the door on you and on your sons, and you shall pour into all those vessels, and you shall set aside that which is full. Listen to this. Her sons go out and get the vessels. So he put her sons to work first. (laughs) No handouts here. You guys got to go work. Mama's in trouble. Go work. Well, I'm going to preach this this morning. Amen. Amen. So, listen to this. She goes, the vessels were full, and she said, Bring me yet another vessel. There's not a, a, a vessel more, and the oil stayed. The oil stayed. The oil stood. Now, listen to this. This is amazing how God works. She told the man of God in verse seven. And the man of God said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And live you and your sons, your children off the rest. He not only put her sons to work, but he gave her an oil business. Hold on. Stop. God did not give her a handout. He gave her a creative idea to start a business. And once she started the business, the multiplication came because she was obedient to the word. There is no multiplication of something you don't have. There is always multiplication of what you already have, and the obedience to the word will multiply what you have. He did not give her anything but use what she had. <laughs> Listen to this. God would not only bless you, but he will bless what you put your hands to do. So the minute that she put her hands on it, see, the miracle didn't happen with Elisha touching it. The miracle happened when she put her hands to it. The obedience And her locking herself in caused the miracle to happen. One jar of oil filled up all of these other jars. She began to understand. Multiplication came when she began to pour out what she had into other people's jars. I'm going to preach it this morning. It is the pouring out of your vessel into other people's vessels that will cause the multiplication to keep coming because you're pouring out what God has given you and it keeps pouring into you and you keep pouring it into them. You keep pouring and then you have abundance. You can't go wrong with this. This is God's system. This is the way it works. You see, it was Moses who started saying, okay, yeah, God, I'm going to use. Then God said, use it. You see, he was using it not for himself, but for other people to release other people into the presence of God, to release people from the chains of bondage, to release people from Egypt's bondage and everything that was going on. You see, when you begin to pour out what you have in your hands for other people and to begin to fill up other people's vessels, God will multiply what you have and you'll begin to see the supernatural happen in your life. Come on now, that's good. You know, the Bible says a man's gift will make room for him. What is it making room for? Multiplication. (laughs) And then it says it will will bring him before great men. So God is making room for multiplication. Now you're saying, okay, that's all Old Testament, pastor, all of the, the theological ones that think that we're living in a new dispensation and that we do not function under the Old Testament at all, let me give you the New Testament. Matthew chapter 14. Now here, in verse 16 to 22, here, they're having a dilemma, because you have about 5,000 people who have been following Jesus for days, and they are hungry physically. Now these people, I don't know if they were fasting for all the days that were Jesus or maybe their food ran out. But they just felt as though they needed to be with Jesus at that moment in time and not be going to McDonald's and Arby's and all the rest of that good stuff. So the disciples came to Jesus and said... We, we need to release these people, tell them to go eat, and then have them come back. And Jesus said, there's no need for them to depart. Give them to eat. Now, do you think that Jesus didn't know that they didn't have enough to eat to give them? Yes, he knew that they didn't have enough. The question now, Jesus is asking them when he says, give them to eat, he's provoking their faith. Well, Jesus... There's 5,000 men counted, not including women and children. When you begin to count all of that, could have been more. And he said in verse 17, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. That's all we have. That's good enough for me. Listen, it's the same concept. He said, bring them here to me. What did, Jesus te- what did God tell Moses? In the- he said, cast it to the ground. What did he tell the woman? He said, pour out the vessel. If you put it in his hands first, let him bless it. He'll put it back in your hands. <laughs> Listen to this. He commanded the multitude to sit down the grass and took up the 5 loaves and 2 fishes looking up to heaven he blessed it broke it and then he gave the loaves to his disciples now he then he tells the disciples he said go feed them so here's the obedience now i'm taking the loaves and i'm going to do what god said as soon as i take it in my hands as soon as i start doing the supernatural happens why Because now I'm obeying what God just said. I'm taking the little bit I have and giving it to others. Hey, Jesus. And now as I give it to others, it begins to multiply. Like, whoa, whoa. Didn't I just have just five pieces? Boom, more. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's more. And God begins to multiply what you have because now it is not you, but it is God providing what he has said he will provide. And you begin to release it. And God begins to release more into your life. They picked up 12 baskets full afterwards. So they only had five loaves, five fishes. Guess what? That wasn't even enough for the disciples. Afterwards, God gave them abundance for all of them to eat. Come on, Jesus. Give God a strong hand clap. Your gift or your talent can only operate in the supernatural when you operate in obedience to his word. I don't care what you do. Whether you're a speaker, whether you're, uh, you know, and and not every gift and talent is is subject to only the church. There's some things that God, God has called apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists to the marketplace. Also. To politics. There are apostles and prophets in politics. God has called you to a different arena, each one of us to a different place, not subject only to the church. The idea is to give to give to God first what you have and then allow God to use it to multiply it. And then to give unto others what you have. Excuse me. Listen to this. The small lunch given into his hands to bless it. It was the hands of the disciples that it was multiplied. You have to release all into his hands first. Even if you're a great Let's say, singer, like Danielle, she's an awesome singer. But, you know, God uses her because she releases that gift to God first. Anytime we release a gift to God first, God will multiply it. But if he doesn't multiply it out of supernatural stuff, he'll multiply it out of your obedience and you doing. You see, multiplication doesn't happen because you just trust God with what you have. Multiplication happens because you're doing something for God. So it doesn't happen while you just sit there and say, well, I'm just waiting for God to multiply this. No, you have to take it into your hands and start distributing it so God can multiply it. Does that make sense? Matthew 25, Jesus spoke of the five talents, the two talents. You remember that one? And the one talent. You see, they didn't have the servants were given those talents, but the Lord was not there lording over the talents. He wasn't there telling them what to do with the talents. He just gave them talents. You see, it was a it was a subject to see how well you were able to handle what you were given. And now the talents are not multiplied by the Lord. They're multiplied by the servants. Are you getting this? You're like, oh, God, multiply. I hear that all the time. Or oh, Jesus multiplied. It. No, he didn't. He just blessed it. The disciples multiplied it. Why? Because they were obedient to the word. And Jesus was trying to provoke them to see. And they say, hey, I could have multiplied it. But I wanted you to put your hands on it to see how much authority I've given you to multiply it. So when, when, when he's given the talents, these talents, each one were given talents. One was given five, the other one was given two, the other one was given one. And what happens? Is the one with five multiplies to ten. He goes and he invests it, and he makes it ten. The other one with two makes it multiplies to four. The one with the one buries it. And then he has a poor excuse. When the Lord comes back, he says, well, I just believe that whatever's yours is yours, and I should not try to touch it or whatever. That's why I buried it. Here's your one talent. And the Lord is like, you know what? You're slothful. In other words, you're lazy. You didn't do what I wanted you to do. If you would have came back with two talents, I would have said that was amazing. But now I'm going to take that one talent and give it to the one that has ten, because he did what he was supposed to do. You see... We have to understand the concept of multiplication. It is not God's job to multiply. God gives you the ability, the capability to multiply here on earth. When he tells man in the beginning, he looks at man, he would not violate his word, not even from the beginning of Genesis. When he looks at man, he says, be fruitful and multiply. The Great Commission is a commission of multiplication. It is not a commission of just sitting around and waiting for God to do something. It is a commission of saying, go, preach the word, make disciples, and multiply. We keep keep telling God, multiply. Multiply. Keep telling God, well, we want to see uh, Harvest Renewal Church. This is just an example. We want to see Harvest Renewal Church grow into the thousands. Until we see that, we will not move from the building. That is not the way it works. You get the building, put the seats in first, then you multiply. Some of you are looking at me like, oh, okay, that's the way it works. Yes. What did you think? Jesus had the 5,000 following him first. First he said, wait, let's only have five come first so we can feed them. No! He had the 5,000 there! Then he said, okay, now we can feed them. Then he tells, then he tells the 12, go out and preach the gospel. He said, go to Samaria. Then he takes 70. He said, go out and preach the gospel. He keep multiplying. He took the Samaritan woman, go out and preach the gospel. Why? Because he wanted to multiply what was going on. Jesus is the perfect example of how multiplication works. He took 12 and he said, You 12 are going to make thousands. She's in agreement. He, sorry. He is in agreement. Listen, it takes faith, it takes obedience, it takes action. I'm going to repeat that again. Faith, obedience, and action. Faith without works is dead. God wants to use what you have. The question is, what is it that you have? That is the main question. What is it that is in your hands? The minute that you identify what's in your hands, you give it to God and say, God, use me in that area. God wants to multiply because when we put it in his hands, it comes back in our hands blessed. It is the operation of giving. You know, when we talk about giving, a lot of people put it back into the context of of money. That's fine. Money is a part of our life, so yes, it is part of giving. It is a big part of giving. Some of us are more attached to the money than we think. But when we release to God other things in our lives, it's easy to release money. (laughs) When you start releasing things in your lives... Everything starts flowing because now you're you're not subject to the things of this world. You're just releasing it in God's hand. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, flowing over, shall man give to your bosom? Why? Because there's a release happening. Now you're multiplying what God has given you. Amen. Man, I'm right on time. R ten. Listen, God has a system. And the minute that we figure out and get into that system fully and walk in the system the way he created it, back to the original design. In our mission statement, it says that we, one of our declarations is that we believe that man should come back to their original design. Why? Why? Because your original design was to be fruitful and multiply. Amen? Some of us take that seriously. We have a lot of kids in our church. Praise God for that. Give God a strong hand for that. I did my part. <laughs> Amen. That's why abortion is totally demonic. Because it's contrary to what God said in the beginning. Be fruitful and multiply. The destruction of anything that God says to multiply is totally demonic. We need to understand that. When we put our gifts into the hands of Satan instead of for God, we are not multiplying it. It's a false multiplication. A lot of people will follow you, but the same people who follow you will crucify you in a heartbeat. It is a false multiplication. It is only there to raise up your pride. Never there to raise up the standard that God has in your life. It is only there to bring you out of misidentification and not to give you your true identification. Who you are in Christ. You see, when God says what's in your hands, never say nothing. I'm going to repeat that. When God asks what is in your hands, never say nothing. Because the question is not there to find out what you have. The question is there so you can find out what you have. And so this morning, I brought this to you so you can understand that each and every one of you have a gift. Each and every one of you have something that God wants to utilize in this church. Even if you're not part of this church and you're here for the first time visiting, there's something in you God has that he wants to utilize. And the reason why you're here is because he questions once again, what is it that you have that you can give me? so I can show you what I can do, so like that you can operate in what I know you can operate in. Come on now, give God a strong hand clap. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I still say this morning, we're only eight minutes away from the afternoon. The first time that Peter preached in the day of Pentecost, there was multiplication. Immediately. Bam. And I believe it dawned on Peter like, whoa, hold on. Didn't even know I had this. But Jesus told him he had it. He said, follow me and I will make you fisher of men. In other words, the same amount of fish you just pulled out and you saw that great amount of fish, you can do the same with souls. You just don't know yet. But when you release yourself to me and let me use you, something supernatural happens because now I've blessed what you have. And now when you release it to the world, it automatically multiplies. It is my individual responsibility to release it to God's hands and to take it back into my hands. Now, I preached here not too long ago about Elisha. Elisha takes. There's Elijah going up. But then the mantle drops down. I believe that the mantle was touched by God first. And then released back into Elisha's hands. Then Elisha. See, it falls to the ground. He doesn't wait for it to fall into his hands. He picks it up from the ground and grabs and takes his authority. Why? Because God blessed the mantle now. And now it's his authority, his responsibility to take on the rest. And his miracles are noted in the Bible. He's done, he did more Supernatural miracles without even going to the place. Just speaking. And God would operate. See, that's that's the anointing that God has in our lives right now. And Jesus did the same thing. He left. Blessed. By the Father. Came back eight days later. Blessed them. Went back up. And then the mantle, which was the Holy Spirit, came down and blessed everybody. Oof, powerful. And Holy Spirit says, oh, now I can multiply. Now I can multiply. Now I can invade. With the authority of man. As soon as they release that authority, things are going to happen. And the earth mourns and cries waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. What is the manifestation of the sons of God? You taking your authority and multiplying it in the earth. Multiplying it in the earth. You know that, 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 that is the main thing I see that God is doing here at Harvest Renewal Church with the Harvest Renewal Global Network. We're just multiplying. We're just taking what God has placed in our hands and we're multiplying it. Why? Because it's necessary. Why is it necessary? Because that's what God said to do. Next time you're out there and you see somebody who needs ministry or needs something, don't stop for a second to think. Just say, God, thank you for blessing what is in my hands. And go to that person and release whatever it is. If it's prophecy, release prophecy. If it's a word of knowledge, release a word of knowledge. If it's gift of healing, release the healing. Remember, it was one word of knowledge to one woman that caused the whole Samaria to see Jesus. When you release what you have, it multiplies. Ooh, feel the anointing in this place. Today you say in your heart You say I don't know what I have But God is telling you today You do have something Whether you haven't discovered it yet, there is something in you that is available for me to use. There is something in you that is available for you to place in my hands and for you to multiply and take back your authority. You know, sometimes I ask God to give me spiritual glasses while I'm ministering. And say, God, let me see what you see. You see, God doesn't see individuals. He doesn't see skin, skin color, person, short, big, long. He doesn't care. Brown, yellow, black, white. He doesn't care. He sees spirit. And in you, there's a glowing spirit that is full of so much potential. And sometimes I can see that spirit being held back by the soul. The soul is holding on to the spirit saying, don't don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Because there's so much soul wounds, so many things that hold us back from manifesting the spirit of God in us. And then God is like, just submit yourself to the spirit and watch what happens. Because if you submit yourself to me, I'm going to multiply. I'm going to do some amazing things. Amen? And so I asked God, I say, God, let me see that. Let me see that. You know, I was in places where I saw businesses in people's hands, and they were not manifesting their businesses. And God tell me, lay hands on them. And boom, the next two months or whatever, they're calling and saying, well, we have a business running. Why? Because they never understood their potential. You see, it's not about what I carry alone. It's about what you carry. See, this whole message is about what are you carrying? What do you have? And Sometimes we're chasing after prophets and we're chasing after leaders and we're chasing after people for things. It's okay if you want to get mentored. It's okay if you want to receive a word. The only thing I'm going to tell you is have faith. Walk. Get up. Move. Take action. Go for it. Go for it and i'll tell you just like nike just do it move into the anointing move into your place i believe the most the biggest announcement from every revivalist that i've ran into the biggest announcement is take your place take your place take your place take your place this morning This afternoon I'm going to make an altar call and I'm going to say here, bring your rods and lay them down in the floor. (laughs) Shut yourself in the room. Take the, uh, the vase of oil and start filling up other vases. Amen. This is what I'm calling you for. This is a prophetic act. You're taking action and walking into it. It has nothing to do with how you do it. It all has to do with what you're doing and when in the very moment in time. If God is calling you to be obedient and just release it, then he's going to tell you, get it back up and walk out. Walk out. You know, I'm not a big promoter of of movies. Hollywood is just so messed up. They can distort anything you're watching good. But I was watching Black Panther the other day. Just saying. One thing that jumped out to me was when he kneeled before his father. He's having a vision that he sees his father who's died. He kneels before his father and his father says, get up. You're a king now. And it just brought me back to the book of Revelation when 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 John laid before Jesus, like oh, like he was dead. No, too much glory. And then Jesus says, stand up, get up, stand to your feet. In other words, get up. You're a king now. You have authority. Woo! That's powerful. That is so powerful. So I'm going to call up anyone who says this morning, I want to release that into God's hands and I want to take it back up to go ahead and move in the authority and move in the multiplication and move in that area. If that's you, I want you to come up here right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I don't know what it is, whether it's ministry, whether it's business, whether it's, it's something that you're doing in the workforce, whether it's something that you're moving in, whether it's government. Hey, Jesus, I feel an anointing. Woo. going to do some prophetic acts and then after that i release the the prayer teams they can pray over you but i I want to do some prophetic acts first so we can release so i just feel as though something is going to happen within you Hmm. things you never knew that you were capable of doing will happen multiplication the supernatural touching it first and then allowing god for you to pick it back up and be used by god to use it wherever you go come on jesus i just want you to put your hands before the lord whatever that is if you want to lift them up keep them down just open your hands before god so open your hands before God and let God just show you and reveal to you what is in your hands. What are you capable of doing? Maybe it might be insignificant to you, but it is not to God. It is not to God. That, that what is in your hands, it is capable of doing more than what you expected, more than what you think. Every gift right now, just release it to God. Release it. Release it to him. Say, Lord, this gift is yours. My hands are yours. My life is yours. Everything within me, my soul is yours. Everything that I am is yours, Lord. Just release it all to him. Release it. Whoa, whoa, Jesus. Lord, we just release it to you. We release ourselves to you. We release ourselves to you. We give ourselves all to you, Lord. Hey, Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. In your presence we are, Lord. This is holy ground right now. This is holy ground right now. Release your past. Do not bring that in with you. Do not bring any thoughts, any things about how things are going to happen. Be anxious for nothing, said Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Just just release it. Release it before God. Let God be the one who fills you with joy. Let God be the one who fills you with everything that you need. Let everything that He is be filled in you. Come on. Come on, come on. Just worship, just worship. This is the time. Just worship, just worship. Release it, release it. Release. We release. To you, Lord, Shindele, Shindele, Come on, come on, come on, Hey, 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 We release you, Lord, Rebo, Karra, Maiebo, Hey, We release our lives, we release our giftings into Your hand. We place it in your hands you bless it. You bless it Lord, you bless it. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Whoa! <laughs> of Jesus taking every gift right in front of the Father <laughs> and just blessing it, saying, "Father, I just blessed this. Father, blessed this. Every single one of the gifts of my children, bless it. These are your children also, Father. Will you just bless it? Father, you just bless it. Oh wow! Then I saw that same picture. I see that same picture. Jesus is turning over that whole basket and releasing it back. Oh, oh, Shaka aya There it is. It's a release, a release, a release. Take it into your hands. It's a release to you, my people. Take it into your hands. Check that out. Whoa. All peace that was ever taken from you I'm releasing back into you in multiplication Says the Lord Never regret decisions in the past You are forgiven It is broken It is finished be used for my glory says the Lord never hold back your story to release somebody else from theirs hey Jesus Father we thank you for these hands Lord you are blessed thank you for the gifting in him Lord the gifting of music and hearing